Hey everybody, thank you for listening to the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Podcast. This episode we get into the action from Pilot Mound, Manitoba, which was round three of the Triple Crown Series. We talk about the race and the riders. Uh, We talk about how the series has been going. We talk about the TV coverage uh, in pretty good detail. We start off the podcast discussing some of the rumors that have been apparently swirling around uh, regarding riders like Marvin Muscan, Antonio Cairoli, and even Cooper Webb joining the Canadian series, and you'll uh, find out all about that. And before we get into it, I just want to make a couple comments on the audio quality. Uh, Last week, I said that it is something that we would continue to improve, and I think we did get it a little better. I tried something new this week, and the first roughly six minutes are not, they're about the same as what we had last week, but I changed things up, and things got a lot better from that point on. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you for listening, and without further ado, here are the stars of the show, Galdi and Noof, and myself, the host, Ken Catton. Thanks again for listening. It's the unofficial, unexpected, and unfiltered Canadian Motocross Race Review, featuring Ryan the Newf Lockhart and Ryan Gold, with your host, Ken Ken. I guess before we get started, I'm just going to ask you guys about this this Marvin and Cairoli rumor that they talked about on the broadcast. I don't know how how much uh, veracity there is to those rumors. The, the, are, okay, like I saw, I listened to them on the TV show, and I'm just like, why would you even relay that message out there? So we're saying that a rumor is going that Cairoli, a nine-time champion who wants to race in the U.S., can't get enough money to do it, is going to come to Canada just for yeah. something to do. Like are we like are we all just the highest and dumbest people on earth or what? That's, that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah. I give me a like give me like literally give me a fucking break. Like, why would we even say that on TV? Why if that just... happens, if that happens, I will let anybody that thought that's true punch me in the face at a race. <laughs> but that's that is that is retarded. No, that is retarded. if that happens, I want you to like in Vegas when you go down on Fremont Street. You know, Fucking dudes open their legs up to kicking them in the nuts. That's what I want you to do. All right, I'm in. I'm in. I'm just like, obviously that would be amazing, but that's just ridiculous. That's not yeah. happening. That's not happening. Yeah. Hey, I heard, hey so but I don't know if those guys smoked crack before the show and said, like, <laughs> said like I, Cairoli's coming. But the Marvin, Marvin thing was going around pretty hard. Like yeah, I I've heard uh, it. I heard it earlier in the week. I highly doubt it. He, he doesn't want to ride ride U.S. nationals, so why the hell would he want to come here? Yeah. But I do agree. They need to put somebody on that bike. And what I was told was is that they don't want to put anybody on the bike unless they think they can challenge for wins. So, I mean, you would think the regular French way of doing it would be put Tim Tremblay on it for the East, but he's not going to challenge for wins. So, dude, there's not even like. I would doubt, like Marvin Muskin, yes, okay, but like, like those guys, like Dylan is unbelievable right now. Yeah. Well, sorry, he's not. He's not unbelievable. He's exactly what we expect of Dylan Wright. But like, it is going to take an absolute beast. Like, you think Marvin's pounding thirty-minute motors right now? No. No. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it it might take him a couple rounds, but it would take someone of that elite caliber at their highest 
standard. Mm-hmm. Um, like Savachi, Chris, or Chris Craig, Christian Craig were like six, seven on the weekend. Like those guys could come up right now as is and, and maybe and battle. Yeah. But like I like let's just can we just all just be a little bit realistic in our fucking lives? Like come on. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Well, especially with Cairoli, he just flew back to Italy, so Yeah, I don't know where that came from. I never just, heard that one. The, the, no, he watched he watched Ride T V and, and heard Dylan talk about a poutine, so he's he's like, Yeah, let's go, I'm in, let's go to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The rumor started earlier in the week, and it was uh, Cooper Webb or uh, Newscan. But <laughs> like, wh- I don't look. We did see we did see uh, Davy Millsaps that year, the whole contractual thing. But for those three names that you just said, for them to do it here yeah. and not you know, on where their main contract sponsors team and everything is. Yeah. Then I, I I don't know. That's it's, it's hey maybe Je- you know what? Why doesn't Jeffrey Hurlitz just come and fill in? Let's come to Canada, Jeffrey. Come yeah. Yeah. He might do it to get his feet wet back in the motos, right? Yeah, it's a soft launch here in Canada. We're a softer system and it's a soft launch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, good start to the good start to this one. <laughs> yeah. We're fired up now. Yeah, yeah we're good. Go. Good question. Okay, so let's uh let's get into talking about the riders here. And how the weekend went. Let's start with the 250s because there was just more going on there. Um, so holy crap, good uh, good racing at the front, both motos. Uh, Mitchell Harrison second in the first moto, uh, first and second. Uh, Goldie, what did you think of that ride? That was pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, um, first moto was uh, he got off to a bad start there and kind of picked his way through. Basically, right now solidifying him that myself. Uh, Ryan Lockhart, Steve Mathis, and basically anybody else don't have a clue what we're talking about on a preview show because no. we did not think he was going to be this good. And in that moto there, I, I think, well, obviously, Noose, you would know it. Like, it looked like I was trying to watch the timing and look at the thing. It looked like he started outside the top 10 or right around the 10th place mark. Um, uh, actually, I can pull it up on the front. No, lap. he didn't. He didn't. So he started at the front and he went down right away. Oh, that's what, oh, yeah. So, yeah, let's say he crossed in second and then he was yeah. back to ninth. There it was. So, anyway, amazing moto to even salvage what he did. Picked off all his main competitors, um, minus Jacob, who got the whole shot again. And then for the second moto, um, the TV show, which we have to bring up at the end of this thing, they caught the crash. Uh, he runs into a lapper. And then um, a new fight, he'll take it next year with Piccolo. But it looks like Piccolo just got tired. And Harrison, just fully veteran. The heat's not going to bug me. I'm going good. I'm 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 one with my bike. And, uh what a ride. Very impressive. The momentum is in the hands of Mitchell Harrison right now as we get ready to uh, to go east. And uh, it, it was – I can't wait to, to, to meet the kid. I've never met him actually face-to-face, talk to him once I get back to Walton 1 doing the TV stuff and everything. But, uh, man, I, I'm a fan right now. It is it is cool to see. Um, you, you like seeing the older guy and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, there was the drama with the, the changing of the rules and all that kind of stuff. We can kind of erase all that. He is uh, part of the series, and he is badass at the moment. Yeah, and I saw him after the race when I was sitting there overheating in my car, and he was he was just strolling around, having a good time, talking to people, and then Piccolo, he just went into the rig, and I never saw him for the next uh, 45 minutes or so that I was there. So I think he's in really good shape. Um, okay, new, so Jacob Piccolo, uh, first in the first moto, second in the second moto. That first moto was really impressive. He was flying around the track. What do you think of uh, 
his day as a whole? Well, like, honestly, Piccolo had an easy day um, in, in the sense of he's got seven out of eight hole shots so far, which is just unbelievable. He's like the Tom Vial of Canada, like, pull every hole shot just about, um, which makes it easy for him. In that first moto, like, Harrison went down, and Piccolo just kind of rode away. And, I mean, where I was standing in the back, he was pretty much flawless. But um, I kind of thought that that was going to help him for a second moto because he didn't really have any pressure on him. Um, the whole time, and then second moto, he gets gets out front, and Harrison puts the heat on big time, and then goes down, and I was like, okay, well, there's a 1-1 one, one for, for Piccolo, but Harrison just kept coming, like Aldi was saying, and after the, I mean, with two laps to go, Piccolo looked smoked, which there was lots of people that looked tired, the only one that didn't was Harrison. And I saw him at the end of the day when we were tearing the tents down and getting ready to get out of there, and he was standing there with Benick, Piccolo and somebody else. I said, "Boys, on a scale of one to ten, how how tough was that?" And Piccolo looked at me, and his like eyes were a little bit crossed, and everything still. And he's like, "I don't even know, man, what happened, but that was the hardest race I ever had to do in my life." In which he didn't really even have to work that hard, in a sense. He wasn't coming through the pack. Um, so yeah, definitely the heat got to him. Whether he was hydrated and stuff. I mean, there was it was sneaky hot on Saturday um, because of the wind. And I think a lot of these guys underestimated what was going to come on Sunday because it was hot on Saturday, but it didn't feel that hot. But, you know, guys were still drinking water and stuff, but I, I think it caught a lot of people off guard on the dehydration part of it. Um, and I think Piccolo was, was one of them. But still solid. I mean, his starts, man, like he he is so good on those first few laps. He gets himself away from all that shit that's happening behind. And, uh, and he puts it down and, and he ends up where he ends up. Uh, third place was Ryder McNabb. Uh, Galdi, I'll let you talk about this a little bit, what you saw watching from the app, and then Noof, if you want to jump in, because you got a lot of uh, inside information there. Uh, so sixth, uh, first moto, and then third in the second moto. Uh, uh, just to touch on Piccolo quick, I just looked. He led 27 of 29 laps between the two motos. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, very impressive like that. But like Noof said, just kind of got, got caught up with the heat towards the end there where Harrison didn't. But the McNabb thing, so yeah, as a fan sitting at home, we knew that he was kind of not feeling good, right? We saw some stuff leading into the week. I talked to Noof and Diggs and, and all that kind of stuff. And you hope that it was going to clear up. But in that first moto, he kind of moved his way forward a little bit. And then um, there was a – I'm in a text group um, and – there was a, a text came in there that said, you know, McNabb's one of the only Canadians in the last like two years that hasn't really ever been passed. He's always moved forward. And this moto was the first time he ever got passed. This is arguably, and without real, without a real argument, the worst moto of Ryder McNabb's young pro career. Um, uh, you know, that's just, uh, it's, it's nothing. This isn't going to change his life or, or future or anything like that. But yeah, it was weird to see. And, he, he, I saw some Honda thing or a social post after the day where he said he was still kind of dealing with it. But um, I don't know. Again, I'll, I'll let Noof kind of talk with you with the manager on the weekend there. Diggs was actually at my event here in Ontario. But weird to see him ride like that. Uh, very uncharacteristic. On home turf, on dirt that he knows, and probably tons of fans running around there and young young girls cheering him on and all that kind of stuff. Maybe it was a pressure thing. But a 6'3", still gets third overall, but he loses 12 points. Mm. He is now 18 points out of the championship. That's a, a 12 point loss in one day is huge when it's those three guys right there at the top, really making the waves. So, um, new fall, I'll let you kind of give a little bit more, but 12 points is big in one day. Yeah, it was <clears throat> that first moto was, 
I mean, Colton and I on the radio were just like, uh, we were, we didn't even really have words. We didn't even know what to say. Normally we're helping Brady down in the mechanics area to put stuff on the pit board. And we didn't even really know what to do because honestly, we haven't seen that ever. Like you just said, it was, it was the worst moto of his career, even when he was an intermediate, um, back in 20 there, whatever year it was when it, yeah, 20 when he was, uh, <clears throat> an intermediate and stuff. And, uh, honestly, you know, I rode with him during the week. I went out there early and did some work stuff, and we went and we pounded out um, motos on Thursday. And he looked great, and he was fine and stuff, but I really think where he's at right now, um, it's pressure. It, it, it has to be. He he shuts down, and he, he didn't ride. I mean, he qualified P1, and it looked effortless um, in practice. He looked great. He looked confident. And that first moto, he was just flat, man. He had nothing. He he went backwards, which, I mean, like I said, we've never seen that before out of him. Um, his start wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. I think mean, he was seventh on the first lap, which was pretty good. Um, <laughs> and he made some quick moves, and then he just kind of got stuck there. And he went backwards, and after the moto, you know, his, his back was hurting. And, you know, he was, he was struggling to breathe and everything, and... Honestly, we just gave him a little bit of tough love in between motors. We didn't know what to do. We just kind of like, dude, you're, you're better than this. That's unacceptable. Like, you need to pull through here. I get it. You're sick. You need to be stronger. You need to put a little more effort in. And he went out and he was much better in the second moto. And what's yeah. weird to me, he did turn the fastest lap time of the whole moto, that second moto. And he came from about 14th, 13th after the strike there on the, on the whole shot. And it was better, but, uh, man, like you said, Goldie, fuck 12 points. Like, that's not good when it's going to be Piccolo, Harrison, McNabb, every moto throw in Racine there as a bit of a spoiler. And who knows what we're going to get out of Canella here. We'll talk about him in a minute. But it seems that the trend's been, you know, the top three guys, the top three guys. And it's hard to make points up when in the worst case scenario, it, it could be a five-point swing per moto. It's going to take a while. So the week off, I hope he gets, you know, better and he gets back to his regular schedule. I mean, he hasn't been on his regular training program and stuff because of the illness, but uh, it wasn't a great day, even though third overall, everybody was kind of a little bit happier, but it still wasn't great by any means. So fourth overall, uh, as you mentioned, Newf was Marco Canella, uh, third in the first moto, which is uh, good for him. He's He's been looking to get up on the podium. And then six in the second moto. I didn't see much of him in the second moto uh, on the on the uh, ride app. Uh, Galdi, what, do you have any insight on what happened in the second moto there? I, I want to say that maybe the heat got to him as well because um, he just kind of went backwards. Um, he started up pretty decent there. He was, he was near the front and right around the same place that he was in the first moto. And it just looked like he couldn't seem to get going or kind of hook into the the back of Piccolo or Harrison or even McNabb once he got into it. And then late in the moto, um, Antioch even got him, uh, kind of thing. So I don't know. It was a, a weird, a weird moto for him. He's not one of those guys who usually has that happen. Although Antioch did get him on the last lap of the Canada moto as well. So Antioch right now seems to have his number, but a little bit of, uh, you know, positive in the right direction, but that is not what MX 101 FX or Yamaha hired him for. He got a pay increase this year. He is meant to be a championship guy. He is 38 points down going into Walton 1. 
Holy um, yeah. You know, there's, what is that, 13 motos left here because it's a, Walton one's one of those sprint ones and, and stuff like that. But so there is time, but 38 points down is, is if you look at that, you're like, you know, shit, like shit, like we got work. And uh, it's going to be hard to, to make up those points if, you know, these Pickle, Harrison, McNabb are, are that consistent. And, and he is, like I said, he had a pay increase to win this year. Right now it's not working out that way. Yes, a little positive this weekend. But um, if Kevin Tyler had some hair, he'd be scratching it right now. <laughs> okay, so fifth, fifth, uh, as Goldie mentioned, was uh, Quinn Amiot. Uh, fifth in the first moto, uh, fourth in the second moto. Noof, that's a pretty good ride for Quinn, isn't it? It was really good. Uh, Goldie and I <clears throat> chatted a little bit yesterday on the phone there, and Amiot's been super impressive to me. Like, every moto, he's been good. And for him to be passing, you know, the Canellas and the McNabs <clears throat> in that first moto, like, he he was he's a grinder out there. I, I said to Goldie yesterday, I think that we'll see him hit a podium before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, he looks good on the bike, and... The most impressive thing for me is that I always, like, you know, I've watched him for a few years now, and he was never a guy that you felt like had a lot of heart, uh, a lot of dig deep when the going gets tough. But this year, it's the complete opposite, man. He he puts his head down, and I did read an Instagram thing that uh, yesterday, you know, he was smoked after the first moto. He didn't even know if he was going to be able to ride the second moto, and he goes out and has an even better moto than moto two. So that just shows to me that, you know, he a lot of heart and he wants to do this thing and he wants to get better. So I was, uh, I was really impressed. Obviously I was losing my mind when he passed McNabb in that first moto because I don't feel like he's <laughs> a guy that should do that. Um, but at the same time, even though I was probably like, what WTF, he deserved it, man. He, he worked his way forward both motos. Uh, Sebastian Racine, sixth place, fourth in the first moto, but then 10th in the second. Uh, what do you think of that, Goldie? Uh, well, not a not a stitch of him, like not even an absolute moment of anything to showcase him in that second moto. So I was I thought that it actually had to do something with the heat or or exhaustion. We kind of touched base on that Camley's pod, thinking that he might not be in the greatest shape, but he proved in that second moto that he is. He crashed in the first turn and then on the first lap, um, and uh, was way way back and worked his way into tenth. So a great salvage weekend for Racine. His first moto was good, but again, I think he just. Uh, you know, once he gets to that 20-minute-ish mark, 18, 20 minute, he just doesn't have the same strength and yeah. sort of experience in that position um, like the Harris Piccolo's, uh, Canella, McNabb do. But uh, he's, he's doing exactly, I think, what he got hired to do uh, to sort of fill that sort of second guy on the team roster. And, and again, he's got a week off now. He can, he can only kind of get better. We're coming into Stanley, go for dudes. He, he's good in the stands. Obviously, Stanley's his home track. Deschambeau, he's always been good. So I kind of think that his confidence is pretty good in another week uh, to kind of get on the bike and do some work and train and stuff. Um, and uh, like I said, I like what I saw, uh, you know, from, like, again, I didn't see him on the TV show, but looking at lap times and the way that he fought through, it looks like he, he's, uh, he's on, the, on the upward trend and, and he can definitely get in there and keep stealing some points from the Harrison Piccolo team, then he could be one of those guys that could be the, 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 the wrench and the plans of these guys, you know, making sure they're one, two, two ones in, in these motos. So, um, yeah, I think Reese is only going to get better and it was impressive to see again on this weekend. Uh, so seventh overall was Wyatt Kerr. Uh, he talked about trying to work his way up into the top five by the end of the year. Uh, Galdi, you mentioned last week that that's going to be a, a tough haul, but, uh, he took one step closer this week, uh, eighth in the first moto and seventh in the second. 
Uh, Noof, what do you think of that? Yeah, it was a career best for him. Um, it was pretty quiet rides, like just average starts in the top 10-ish. And he just toughed it out and, and, and rode his laps. I mean, it was nothing uh, spectacular out of him by any means. He kind of was in no man's land. A lot of the motos, um, or both motos, I should say. And, um, yeah, it was still good. I mean, career best. He's getting better. First time out west, obviously. And I think kind of similar to Racine, I think, uh, you know, Gopher will be a good round for him. The kid's in shape, a little more familiar with the tracks and the, and the soil and stuff. So, I mean, if you look at the dudes behind him, I mean, there's some still good talent back there. And he wasn't as far off this week. I felt like, I mean, he he was a little bit closer to the front. I think that needs to be a goal for Wyatt just to kind of keep shrinking that gap, um, you know, from the leader's to where he's finishing in the motos, but uh, you know, eight seven is good, solid, and he's going to be happy to to end the end the West. He would be much higher in the points if his Kamloops wasn't yeah. a disaster because he he's easily a top ten guy every moto, yeah. um, and he's going to be consistent seven eight six somewhere in there uh, throughout the rest of the year. So Tyler Gibbs. Uh, he was eighth overall. He basically just swapped motos with Wyatt. He got seventh in the first, eighth in the second. So uh, better than Drumheller, but not as good as Kamloops, I guess. Uh, Goldie, what do you think of Tyler Gibbs' uh, day? Um, decent weekend. Uh, Kamloops obviously was a lot better. Um, he showed a lot of fight. I don't feel like he showed much fight uh, this weekend because he got great starts and he was in the mix but right around the halfway point. Uh, I, I would think that maybe a little bit of tired or just kind of fighting the bike or maybe something, whatever it might be, but just a little bit less fight in him that you would have thought um, getting that kind of start and, and sort of seeing what those guys are doing. Uh, maybe he wasn't feeling good. I know it, it seems like a lot of riders all over the world right now are dealing with a bit of a sickness, it seems. Um, uh, you know, you hear the Jet, uh, the Lawrence brothers and then uh, McNabb and, and a whole bunch of guys uh, around the around the globe in MX, it seems, are getting sick. So maybe he was a little under the weather. But regardless, a good, solid finish. But you know that on the bike and the team and you get those kind of starts, you want to be in that top five at the end of the moto. He was a little tick off the pace of that, so he's got a week or so to figure it out and and uh, and come out swinging into East. And but I mean, he's the kind of guy like a Kerr, like a Racine. It's only going to get hotter and get tougher once these next rounds pick up. So they need to make sure that they come into these next three races and be absolutely on point and ready. Sickness or what? It's you know when that gate drops, just you know push it aside, shut the fuck up, and grab the gas kind of thing. Because they're the ones fighting for you know, rides and sponsorship moving into those next coming years yeah. uh, kind of thing. And uh, I like what I see out of him. I just think he needs a little bit more toughness when it comes to that uh, that that tough spot of the moto. Uh, so Jeremy Mackay, ninth overall, 13th in the first moto, and then up into fifth for the second moto. Uh, Noof, what are your thoughts on that? Well, both motos, he had great starts. I mean, he ran up there. Yeah. In the first moto, um, and I asked him at the end of the day there, he was kind of, he was parked right next to us, and I said, what the hell happened to you in the first moto? It was pretty, you know, 13th for him isn't great. He's like, man, I just got hot, and I just got tired, and I went backwards, and then it was a good rebound in moto two. He rode really well, and I think that fifth is what he needs on the confidence side to, he, he is, like, speed-wise, he's in that, battle with Canela, Amiot, Racine type of thing right now, but he hasn't showed it this this year at all. It's been a slow start for him, and, and obviously, I think that, you know, if I'm him, I, I'm pissed after that 13th. I mean, he's 
spent the whole winter at MTF. There should be no excuse as far as the fitness side of things go, but like Galdi will know, it's not just about fitness, it's about the mental side. I mean, you can be in the best shape of your life, but if you're not there mentally, you still get tired and you're overthinking and making mistakes and stuff. But fifth in the second moto was really good. He ran in there for a while, um, and I kind of thought that he was going to start to go backwards a little bit, but... Uh, you know he 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 held strong, and obviously I was cheering for him on the on the side of the track because that helped us get uh, third overall for McNabb because yeah. he stayed in that it broke that uh, you know barrier with Canella getting six in the second moto. Um, but he actually pulled away. Uh, Canella was catching him for a while, and he, he pulled away at the end. So very solid, good for him, and uh, obviously probably carrying a little bit of momentum coming to the East Coast. Uh, Dylan Rempel, ten nine for tenth. Uh, Goldie, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, just a nice, solid day for the kid. Top intermediate, without a doubt. Um, yeah. And uh, showing, you know what, that team, um, uh, the Kawasaki Huber Motorsports Squad, Parks Canada guys helping them out there. And I guess they could call it a risk, but they're also doing something to build, I think, with, with Dylan and um, him being an intermediate. They took him out west. They did the WCAN. Right now, I, I'd say it's working out exactly to plan. He's looking great, and you know sometimes with that young kid, you get you get beat up, and you're getting beat by guys that you might not know. And yeah. I don't know how much of a, a student of the sport Dylan is. He's pretty quiet, pretty timid kid. So you know, does he know who Jeremy McKay is or Tyler Gibbs or you know uh, these guys? Ryder, well, you know who Ryder McNabb is, but Piccolo Harrison, like he probably doesn't know much about them. So getting beat by them wouldn't frustrate them maybe. But then other guys that might pass him or whatever that beat him. He's like, you know, might, but it's it, by the outside looking in, it looks like I would say that this plan is going in the exact direction that uh, the whole team would hope. And I'm, I'm impressed. And now we're kind of coming back into his sort of turf. He's great at Walton. He, uh, the sand to go for news will be a true test of, you know, uh, the toughness of a young kid. Like he's only, I think he's only 15. I know. Oh, really? He turned 16. Wow. Yeah. He's only 15. He turned 16 sometime here soon, I believe. So sort of like what Ryder McNabb did back in 20, like Ruf, uh, Noof was talking about at the beginning there. Just impressive. He's doing exactly what it is, uh, that they hired him for. And, and, uh, the kid right now is, is definitely on the radar of, as a kid of the Canadian future. So, uh, good on him, man. Good for Dylan. Very happy to see that. And, and I'll be, I'll be cheering him on once I see him come east. I like what I see. Uh, okay, so I guess outside of the rest of the top 10, uh, I guess one name that sticks out is Julian Benick. Uh, DNS in the second moto, is that just the heat thing? Do you guys know? Yeah, he got heat stroked, I guess, after the first moto. He looked pretty, he looked pretty blah all day to me, to be honest with yeah. you. Um, some of these kids, I mean, you can see it from the outside, kind of looking in, you know. Julian's a pretty uh, happy-go-lucky kid. You know, he was hanging out, watching motos and, and shit on, on Saturday when he probably should have been hydrating a little bit more. But he's tough, man, and, and I've seen him have some, like, big hits, and he always seems to kind of, you know, get back on the bike, and I was shocked to see him not ride second moto. Um, so he was obviously hurt, and I guess he was throwing up and stuff after the first moto. But uh, not a great start uh, for Julian. I mean, uh, he came in with an injury. Um, from Supercross in the U.S. this winter, but mm-hmm. yeah, not uh, not a stellar not a stellar weekend. He needs to get it together for the for the East Coast. He's better than that. Okay, uh, just going through the rest of the field. Is there anything else that sticks out to either of you guys? Uh, not really. Everybody else up there is is pretty uh, standard for the course. I like, can looking through anybody that got a surprise moto or anything like that, and 
I want to, I'll give a little love. Actually, this is a new sponsor here at Maple Ridge. Devin Smith, 13th in that second moto. New fence and tough moto. Yeah. He, he, that's a, that's a pretty impressive ride for him. Another intermediate kid. He'd be the second intermediate kid behind, uh, behind Dylan. Yeah. Um, even Zach Ufumzef, give that kid some love there. 12, 12, a good, another young kid that, uh, sure thing. And, and we talked about Karen Gerber last week, thinking that you'd be a little better, but 11, 11 for 11. Uh, you know, you got to give a little bit of props to even Austin Jones. Is, it's just good to see, like, these yeah. are all young kids that I'm referring to and kind of kids that, you know, maybe on the outside looking way in as far as getting a ride or, you know, get a stick in the sport for, say, another 10 years. They're all 17, 18, 19 years old. So yeah. to see them finish that second moto in stellar uh, points paying positions, I think I just give a, a tip of the cap to that. You know what I mean? Like you've just said, there's tough guys like uh, Julian Bennett that didn't finish and these kids did. So good on them. They, you know, get a pat on the back from a guy like me um, or like a guy like new for these guys that are born on this, you know, I, even when I was racing, I was a pussy, but now looking at the inside, I want to be one of those tough guys. And uh, <laughs> it's good to see them tough through that stuff. I'm impressed by that stuff nowadays. It, it, it gets more respect for me seeing that stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. On to four fifties, I guess. So Dylan Wright, uh, one, one again. So lots of talk on the broadcast about a perfect season. Yeah. <laughs> it like, might be a bit early for that, but. Um, oh, I, oh, I say. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, Noof, is there anything you want to say about Dylan's ride? There's not much you can say other than really good, but, uh, what, what do you think of that? I mean, it was boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From the team standpoint, it was a little bit boring to watch. I told the boys on the radio in the second moto, I said, Hey, when that thing gets, when that lead gets to plus 20, I'm out, man. I'm going back to the rig and I'm going to start tearing down because there's not much to, not much to see, but. Yeah. Better starts this weekend. Um, he led, I think he led every lap this weekend, right? Uh, he, yeah, he, he, yeah, he passed he days with, uh, I, I think right in that last right hand turn. Yeah, led every inside, lap. Um, sweeps the West, perfect season so far. Uh, not a whole lot to say except the kid still has a shit ton in the tank. I mean, he, he rides those first three or four laps at, at 90%, and then he backs it down to about 75. The only thing I will say is the first moto, he was pretty smoked after it. He was quiet. I was at the podium with him and cooling him down and stuff like that. And He was tired after that first moto, and then the second moto, it was easy for him. He kind of knew, had a little bit better plan going in. He got in the lead earlier on the first lap. And yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was boring. It was boring to watch, but still... Still, he's fun to watch, but once again, qualifying throws down a lap time that's two and a half seconds faster than everybody um, in control, doing stuff on the bike and that nobody else is doing. So uh, hopefully Cairoli comes. I'll be the yeah. only guy that can give him a run. I guess we'll just have to keep her fingers crossed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to touch just quick. So on the broadcast, uh, I think it was the first moto, second turn, or I guess it would be the third turn, actually, the, the left-hander before the big table. Um Messon sends it in there on him. Yeah. Totally smashes a, a, a yellow SpongeBob, as, as Kinger calls him, the Elliot Cherby. Blows the Cherby out of the way, smashes into Dylan. And so that literally puts Dylan back to about fifth, maybe sixth even. It's in that turn. Yeah. By the end of the lap, he's first. Yeah. And again, Keelan, all a nice guy on the stuff, but I'm scratching my head. I'm like, I wonder why he did that. Is it just to be like, ah, you know, you know, you know, fuck you, Dylan, for three seconds? Yeah. And literally, on the next jump, he scrubbed so good underneath him past Messon in the next turn, and then, of yeah. course, picked the rest of them up. Like, you know, 
know, I guess as a racer, you want to kind of nudge the, the guy up front, but I think when you do that to a guy like Dylan, the way that the level that he is at compared to everybody else in this class, it's just going to be like, okay, guys, like, why, why did you do that, Keelan? Now I'm just going to make you look stupid. And now I'm going to have, now because if you did that, I'm going to make everybody else kind of look a little bit stupid. Pass you all in the first lap and then, you know, gap you by 25 seconds. Well, Dylan, Dylan and T-Dag, the first word they said after the, after the, well, at the podium of the second moto, they went, the fuck was Keelan doing? That, they both literally was the first word that came out of both of their mouths when they got their helmets off. They weren't super happy with what happened there in the first lap and it, a lot right. of shit was going on and they, they weren't happy. And then, of course, Keelan comes to the podium because he did get the whole shot award and uh, nobody said anything. <laughs> it, was, it was quiet, of course, right? Yeah. That's the way it goes. But uh, both T-Dags and Dylan weren't super stoked uh, with that first lap from Keelan. And the similar thing in Moto3 at uh, Drumheller. Uh, Keelan did something weird on the first lap, too. I think he pulled the whole shot in that moto as well. He got yeah. inside and then kind of came across. But um, I guess maybe these guys are looking at Keelan like, hey, he didn't come to the first round. Like, what are you doing? We're kind of just... Yeah. That's the 450 class for you, though, because it's it's been boring. And, like, Dylan knows he can win. And T-Dags, at this point in time, knows that he's going to be second. So they kind of just want it to play out that way. I get it from Keelan's point. He wants to throw it in there, but like Aldi said, I think you're pretty much bang on the, the head there. Um, they're kind of like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, yeah, let us go and let us do our, do our laps here. So second overall was uh, T-Dags again with another 2-2. So that's uh, only one moto that wasn't the second place and it was the third place. Obviously, that's a really good start for T-Dags. Galdi, what do you think of uh, his ride this uh, weekend? Well, it was impressive. Sakamoto, he had actually put on a bit of a, a charge. He didn't get a, a good start, a, a good start by his standard. He was fifth or sixth there, um, then had to work his way through. But I, I, I read his social posts and then his, and then his even, his, I can't remember if it was the first, uh, moto interview or the second one, but he's like, I trained too hard this week. So I, first off, I'm like, okay, you're 85 years old, Tyler. What, what is training too hard? Are you fucking, tra- are you trying to do what Dylan does or are you like, you, he knows what to do. So, but then my second thought is, he is not happy with how bad Dylan is beating him. Now, you got to give a nod to the old guy that wants to. His competitive spirit is obviously still like a sixteen or eighteen year old kid. Um, and then he also shut off the reality that Dylan is just that much faster, and he meatheaded himself out this week. So, you know, in one sentence, you're like, man, that's pretty cool, Tyler. But then you're also like, come on, man, just fucking be you. Go out there and just be old and, and suck down some Advil in the moto or, 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 you know, get a, get a back rub with some eight, five, three, five and find your space in there kind of thing. Because unfortunately, unless Dylan crashes, he's not going to beat him. And there's not going to be some fix in the next 13 motos that is going to beat him. It, it is Dylan's Dylan's speed is far beyond what Tyler can do right now. I I'm impressed that he wants to train over train and, and all that stuff. That is cool. But, um, you know, I don't think he needs to do that. He is the second best guy in the series and he will be for the rest of the year. And to close the gap is impressive, but I don't think he needs to overexert himself. But I also, like I said, I give him the nod for just being a beast and wanting to push his limits at the age he is. And we keep talking about the age he is, but he's 36, right? He's 30, uh, 36, 35. 35. Like, so, I mean, in our world, that's old and he does have three kids. 
Gilson is just about to get married and maybe starting a family. So it, it's impressive all around. But for when he said that, I, I, I was going to text him this week. I'm like, hey, don't be such a, a meathead. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you know, come on, buddy. Like, like you're the old guy here. Just do what you're doing. You know, and um, yeah. but I, I get it. But I think, though, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I think from what I can kind of see what's happening is that obviously we saw the T-Dags at Kamloops that celebrated his second place finishes, a little fist pump over the finish line. And, you know, then he goes, you know, 2-2-3 two, two, at, at Drumheller. I think it's getting boring for him in second. I mean, yeah, it's he's kind of like he's in no man's land every moto. He's like this weekend. He had to work for that that second moto, but he was still much better than the rest of the guys. I mean, yeah, but what I'm saying is like he's that old, where it's not going to be like pounding up the gym or the road bike ride. It's not going to close that gap. No, like, you know what I mean. Like I, I feel like with his experience, he's got to figure out the bike and the, the race craft part of it. He, he's in he's in unbelievable shape. Yeah, he's in better shape than anybody in this field, uh, other than maybe Dylan. And he's probably in if you had. If we did like a CO2 test or whatever, Tyler yeah. might even win that. Yeah. But I just like for him to say that, I'm like, man, why? It, it it makes it sound like he's he is like you said, he's bored and frustrated being the second place guy. And he wants to be better, but I don't think that the answer is just kick the shit out of his body again uh, to fix kind of thing. That's what he I'm is, and he is 11 years older than Dylan. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. like it's it's crazy like to say that, and he is riding, you know really well and I agree with you Dolly like he should be stoked on his results but I just think he's just bored and he wants to try to close that gap a little bit but you know it's not gonna it's not gonna happen and I mean it wouldn't surprise Dylan throws it away in one of these motos which I right now find it hard to believe that that will happen yeah um but yeah he he needs to soak this in a little bit more I mean you were just starting to get boners when Dylan was born, man. Relax. You know, girls and, and funny feelings and stuff like that. Like, he's, Dylan was just getting born. It's all good. You're amazing, Tyler. You're amazing. Yeah, he is. Uh, so, Tanner Ward finally finds his way up onto the box with a uh, 4-3 for third overall. Noof, that's more like what uh, he's expecting, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And I, I said... Um, <clears throat> we still see him lots on the weekend. He comes over and hangs out with him and Dylan are buddies, and obviously he still has a good relationship with the GDR Honda team. Um, he got the bike. He was running his practice bike suspension this week. Right from the first lap of practice, he looked more comfortable. The bike looked a lot better. Um, Tanner's a little dude on that bike, man. It's a, it's a 450 is a big jump for him, and he's not a super big guy, but he rode really well this weekend. Um, it was actually kind of cool to see in, in practice. Dylan towed him around um, on his fast lap, so Tanner jumped in behind him, and Dylan kind of towed him around to get get his fast lap in, which was better this week than than last week. He looked a lot, a lot more fight in him and, and more comfortable on the bike. So <clears throat> he got uh, he had to work for it in that second moto. Um, Lopez there, we'll talk about him, but I thought that Felix there was had third wrapped up when I walked away uh, when that gap was up to plus 20, of course, and then all of a sudden Tanner kind of just stayed his laps consistent and was able to get on the box, and he was uh, he was pretty stoked. I mean, a good accomplishment for him, um, you know, in his rookie season on the 450, getting on the podium, so uh, I think he'll just keep building, building from here. Fourth overall was uh, Sean Moffenbeier, 3-4. Uh, Goldie, what do you think of Sean's ride? His first moto was awesome. Uh, I came from uh, pretty far back, had to make some pretty 
good passes, and he, he was charging hard. And I saw that photo that they posted on the MX101 social that James Lismore took. Of him. He looked pretty smoked there after after the second moto. Like So for a guy like Sean, who, again, is probably on the same level as Tyler or Dylan for being in shape, um, to, to be that beat up, you know that the track was tough and the heat got to him. And so, But another good day, you know, getting the shoulder, uh, just coming off that shoulder thing, even though um, – I think we can erase that because of what he did at Drumheller, even though it was sprint motos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's 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 exactly where we all kind of predicted that he would fit. He did show some good speed in that. I think it was the third moto at Drum, and you know was hanging on Dylan's tire there for a bit. Um, this this race here, obviously, he didn't even uh, come close to Dylan, but I think he can be in, he can be happy with it. You know, they alluded in the TV show. Um, and they had a cool MX-101 piece, I can't remember if it was Cam Lewis or Drumheller, where he talked about, you know, he was getting a job and maybe racing was going to be a thing. Like, we need the Sean Moffenbeyers in our series. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you need to have his attitude, his, his experience, uh, his fight. Like, you need these type of guys in our Canadian series. As as these young guys kind of come through, Sean is still the pinnacle and a, and a rider to look up to. And where he came from, and I've always made fun of Sean for this, like, he was one of the scariest pros when he first turned pro coming out of Saskatchewan. Like he still was like a junior level rider in a sense because, but he turned pro because there wasn't such a big amateur turnout in the, in the Saskatchewan reason. Yeah. And, um, and, and watching him in the early years, it was like, holy shit. But the guy just worked. He's just a, a proven workhorse. And, you know, he's here battling and uh, a good, a good weekend for him and getting a finish, you know, um, he, he probably would have liked the third overall on the day, but uh, getting the finish here just, showcasing again that he's a fighter and he never gives up until the checkered flag and got some good points and now he's even after that uh the second moto dnf that came loose he's back in the third in the points already uh okay fifth overall uh felix lopez fifth in the first moto sixth in the second uh was it second moto that he went down towards the end uh i don't know if he went down I think no first moto we they got it. He crashed in the first moto. That was the first moto, yeah. Sweeper, okay. sweeper going into the roller or step up sort of section there. Yeah, he was uh, he was good all day though. Like he got better. Um, obviously from the first couple rounds, like, he's getting more comfortable on the bike. Because I think I want to say the first time he even rode that Paramex Cowie was at Kamloops, so um, he didn't have a lot of prep coming in. But that second moto, man, T Dags had to fight. Uh, had to fight to get by him. Um, he looked good, and, and I thought from being from Mexico, the heat side of things and kind of yeah. a little bit more hard-packed conditions, I mean, it was right up his alley. But if you look at Moto2 um, to go through the laps, like he was 204, 205 pretty much the whole time, even dropped back down to 206s uh, on lap 10. But then, then it went 13, 15, 16, 21, 42. So he, the heat got the best of him. Yeah. I mean, Tanner didn't get him until lap uh, 15 out of 17, um, and he had a big, a big gap, um, a big gap at one point. And Keelan even got him. Uh, well, Moff, Keelan, and uh, yeah, Moff, Keelan, and Tanner all got him with like three laps. He was third on lap 14 and went all the way back to six. So yeah. um, a little bit of heat stroke on. Uh, on our buddy Felix there for sure, but still good rider. But dude, he lost two on the last lap. He was the last rider not to get lapped by Dylan, and he lost. He was still fourth at the at the white flag um, with one lap to go. That two forty two really killed him. <laughs> yeah, two forty two was was really bad. Uh, 
maybe even Ken could have done a better lap than that on the last lap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with his heat stroke. Unlikely, yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, sixth place overall, Keelan Meston with uh, seven five moto scores. Uh, we talked about him a little bit already, but Galdi, is there anything else you want to add to that? Um, no, not really. He was obviously he's a great starter, still a great rider. Do you know is he coming east or is he? I don't think so. No, I don't think he is. Okay, so he's out. So uh, a, a pretty decent way uh, to kind of just pop into the series, cause a little bit of. Uh, cause a little bit of shit, get a couple of good races, win some uh, road distributing money, and take it. You know, see you later. So uh, good seeing you, Keelan, and you know, we'll uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Okay, seventh overall, Weston Rosina, six eight. Uh, Noof, what do you think of that? Uh, he was flat in the second moto. There was no question. He was a long ways back from that battle that he's been a lot closer to. Yeah. First moto was good. He looked like he had lots of fight in him. Um, Six seven is where he's been finishing all year. It's been a it's been a good start for him. Um, but second moto he was smoked. He was a long ways back. Uh, I just don't think he had anything left in the tank after the first moto. Um, and I think it it showed. Um, he did pass pass Blackmere and he passed Keelan in the first moto and was a lot closer to that top five. But um, yeah, the heat got to him for sure. There's no question. He was pretty uh, pretty smoked. Uh, eighth overall is Chris Blackmer with eight seven. I saw him uh, in qualifying practice. He did about two good laps, and then he seemed to just be rolling around. And he stopped and talked to uh, Steve Sims there on the side of the track a couple times. So I don't know if maybe he got hurt in practice or something like that. He did. He did. He, did. he yeah. hurt his ankle. Um, I saw him right before the first moto. He could barely walk. Oh wow! Um, twisted, twisted an ankle. I don't think nothing broken. Obviously, he finished both motos, but yeah. Uh, Caught his foot in a rut. It was probably from all those big whips that he was doing. I forgot. Like <laughs> I did see a few of those too. Yeah. Upside, upside down, like for three laps, throwing whips and stuff. And looks like he was off to a good start, but obviously, uh, yeah, twisted, twisted ankle. Yeah, and then with about ten minutes left in the second 450 moto, I saw him wipe out again on that uh, that little kicker coming out of the last corner on the finish really? line straight. So not a great day for Blackner, but. Results-wise, I don't think that's anything too bad. Uh, ninth overall, Parker Eels uh, with 10-9. Galdi, what are your thoughts on his ride? Uh, I mean, I'd love to get more insight on <laughs> yeah. this, but he got zero love uh, at all on the TV show. And again, it's always tough to make sure you get guys in the 10th and 9th position. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I you know, Parker is, is um, I don't know if you can say, arguably one of the most improved riders over the last two or three years. Uh, two years uh, for sure since the COVID, he's done the series and traveled out when they had to stay east the last two seasons. So I, I kind of feel like I'd like to see a little more out of him, like maybe the like where Weston is finishing in Black Mirror. Um, but I think the top end speed for Parker is what's missing when I just watch him and and kind of know of what I've seen in the past. The top end speed isn't there, but he's consistent and he's always going to be there. The sort of same lap times each moto. It's just that he's missing that sort of little flair, I think, or that sort of nasty one or two lap speed to kind of gap another rider um and i'm i'm hoping he's uh he's gonna do the whole series again this year i like him part of the series he's got about the he's got the nicest hair that you've ever seen out of more cross <laughs> research um i always give him about a per plus commercial and he's like what the hell's per plus i'm like oh man i keep aging, <laughs> aging myself i guess and uh but um you know I, I like what i see when i do get to see him and he's a good kid and he's one of those sort of he does get great uh support i think it's still whole shot news is that his album right yeah, yeah, whole shot and stuff. So he's got good support and a good little package with him. So 
again, um, you know, talk about him off of our, he's obviously like on a factory team, but the Parker Eels, we need these guys in our sport. They're tough. They're fighters. They do the series because it's passion over paycheck. And uh, you like seeing that kind of heart out of these guys. And uh, it's good to see And A 10-9, I think that's uh, pretty solid for him to start the year. And, and uh, you know, to continually get better methods leaving the series. And, uh, you know, going east, I think he's got some of his better finishes on the east coast, which is kind of a surprise. But I think he found his he found a home the last two seasons because the series was only on the East Coast. So I think he'll he'll, he'll knock out some eights and some sevens here. I believe on the East Coast. Yeah, he is going uh, <clears throat> he is going East, setting the fight with uh, PRMX actually. Nice, good. Taking the form, but the cool thing about Parker is, is that he is still one of the only guys in that top ten that he goes home every week to work. So yeah, um, he works construction during the week, uh, probably Tuesdays and Thursdays, and flies out on Fridays and flies home on Mondays. Kind of a neat story, but you are right. He doesn't. I actually, I, I ride with him quite a bit. And he has more in the tank, but he just rides very smart and consistent. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes, and he's not really in a position uh, to push to that next level. There's not a whole lot of reward for him, I guess, in a sense, to do that. I think he's pretty content with being a top ten guy, um, and it just kind of is what it is. What we see out of him. Okay, so 10th overall was Yannick Boucher. Did I say that right? Yeah, you got it, yeah. Okay, uh, so 13-10, like I said, for 10th overall. Uh, probably, Galdi, not much you can say, because like uh, Parker Eels, he wasn't on the broadcast much. So, Noof, is there anything that stuck out about his ride? Uh, uh, there's track. He's in good shape, and that's what got him that 10th in the second moto. I mean, by no means, um, you know, Yannick uh, snow bike racer in the wintertime, and I think that's where he... And he's another dude. He owns his own company and stuff. I think he's an electrician or a welder or something like that. Um, but yeah, solid to get a tenth. I mean, it's like Galdi said, we need these guys that are always knocking on the door of the top ten to make it a little more exciting. If you look at the battle with like Eels, Boucher, uh, Derry, that Jesse Rowan, um, which I don't know much about him, he's from Saskatchewan. Those guys are all kind of close, um, and they, you know, finish where they finish, but we need these guys. Um, I'm sure for Yannick, he was stoked to get a 10th in the in the second moto because he did crank out some top 10s last year, but it always takes him a little while to get going because he lives way up north in Ontario, and like I said, he raced snow bikes all winter in the U.S., oh, yeah. and it um, takes him a while to get going, but yeah, good ride for him. Is there anything that sticks out? Uh, I guess uh, T. Parrott, Parrott, uh, he had a DNF in the first moto. He looked like he was pretty hurt when he went past me, but Came out in, in the second motor and put in an 11th. Uh, 16th was Josh Gadak, uh, with a ninth in the first motor, but then a DNF in the, in the second. Anything, uh, that you guys want to say about those two? It was all heat for those guys. Um, literally, they just overexerted themselves. Oh, really? Yeah, literally, because uh, I know T's mechanic there pretty well. And I said, what the hell happened in the first moto? He's like, he just started to black out. He couldn't do it anymore. And he pulled off, which is a bummer because yeah. he has been a top 10 guy. Uh, Gadak there had a beautiful first moto. I mean, ninth, uh, for a privateer. The guy's still racing with a stock pipe on his blue crew. Um, which it's, all you need. it's all you need on blue crew. It's all you need. <laughs> it's just stock pipe. It's all and, it works, and, it works, and it works connection perch. You're set. <laughs> for whatever reason, I, I don't know why I noticed this, but he had stock pipe and it's all dented. I don't know why I noticed that, but I always think of uh, Galdi and Mathis every time Gadak goes by me because it's literally a bone stock bike. Um, yeah, bummer to see a DNF in 
Yeah. Um, it was survival, man. Like I said, that that last portion of Emoto was. Yeah. Uh, it was. Yeah, it wasn't easy, man. It was late in the day. The boys were hurting. On the broadcast news, I saw uh, once again um, Dylan Wright making a nice gesture to Ryan Derry. Do you know anything? What I, I mean, it didn't look like on TV like anything happened. Did Derry get in the way again? It was right over that big tabletop off the start. He did like a big wave to him. I don't know if you saw that or not when he was racing. Yeah, first I think it was his first moto. I think. Derry, yeah, Derry got in the way. It was first moto, and uh, Dylan, he's like, I don't know what I was doing. He's like, I shouldn't have done, shouldn't have done that. But oh, okay, okay. The heat of the moment. Um, yeah, I think he was a little bit pissed. I mean, the the thing is, is like Dylan and T Dags and all the top guys are getting into these lappers so freaking quick that it's like it's probably a little bit frustrating for them because it's like five, six, seven laps in, they're lapping dudes, so it. it creates a whole other element to the race and they're going so much faster than, you know, even the, even, you know, Boucher and Ted's, right? So it comes up quick and it, it, whatever, but Dylan probably, he wasn't super stoked that he was pissy about it. So we didn't talk about it that much. Okay. So we'll do the same thing we did last week with the uh, biggest surprise and biggest uh, disappointment. But before that, I have a question I want to ask both of you guys. Galdi, you can start. Uh, so who, who is happier with their day, Piccolo or Mitchell Harrison? Because I think Piccolo has a lot to be happy about with that first moto. He got out there and just took off. And I think he just feels like maybe, I know he said it, he feels like he went a little too hard in that first moto and it, it took some of his energy. But then Mitchell had that great second moto. So in, in your guys' opinion, who who should be happier about their day? Oh, I think that's an easy answer. Mitchell Harrison, 100%. Um, he takes the overall. He chases Piccolo down late in moto number two. After a crash, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, he'd be the happier rider at the end of the day. Piccolo has the red plate. He still didn't get an overall on the West, um, where Harrison now has two compared to McNabb's one. Two, two, two for Piccolo. I mean, he's fine, but uh, for the happier rider, definitely Mitchell Harrison on my um, has got my vote. Yeah, I go the same thing. Harrison was stoked after that last moto. Like, like I said, like you know, McNabb was laying on the ground. Uh, Piccolo was laying on the ground, they're getting their boots off, and Harrison's just sitting on his bike going, fuck yeah, like he's so, <laughs> um, and big high fives from the team, and, and, uh, I was going to touch on this last week, and I didn't get the chance, but like, we, we all didn't have much expectation for him coming in, for the fact that he's a little bit older, um, his last few years haven't been great, he went to the GPs, came back, got a pro circuit ride, he still had good results, but I literally thought he was going to be the same as Sinai, but a little bit worse. That's how I was kind of comparing him. His Supercross season wasn't great. But I'm telling you right now, him being around the T-Dex camp, he, he's just like T-Dex. He's the first guy in practice. He goes out there and throws down Galdi. You know how T-Dex always does that? Yeah. He's the first guy out. He gets the momentum going. He puts his laps in, um, his starts are consistent, he's experienced, and dude, these guys should be worried. Piccolo and McNabb should be worried about him. He is the biggest threat right now, he has the most momentum on his side, and for how hard he had to work in all these motos, it's, he, he has been super, super impressive, and I think, he, well, he's a Michigan guy, says he's from Florida now, um, the 
Sand is going to be his friend. He's going to be good yeah. at Gopher. Yeah. He's going to be good at Sandali. He's going to be good at Deschambeau. He's raced the local race at Moncton. Like, the momentum is definitely on the gas-gas side for him right now. Okay, so, Galdi, what uh, what was your biggest surprise and your biggest disappointment of the weekend? Um, I guess my biggest surprise, I, I got to go with, uh, I guess maybe a, a little combo, actually. Actually, no, I'm not, I'm going to stick with the one that I had. It's got to be Amiot, man. I'm, I'm loving what I see. So I've got a, a bit, I'm a little closer to Amiot than, than the most on this phone. And I, I definitely rib him here and there. We did, I, you know, said in our uh, preview pod that I, I, he's an Instagram racer and this and that. And, and funny story, we went to, uh, I want to say it was 2016 or 17. I can't remember which Daytona was. Anyway, uh, he came down there, his, his brother Bennett, who was actually my youngest son, is named after Bennett because my wife liked that name. It was also Larry Enticer. That's another story on that one, the YouTube famous <laughs> Larry Enticer. But anyway, uh, I saw I saw him this morning. I got up after having a full bender at Daytona Supercross. And the kid, I get up, and the kid's on the, on the road bike that, or on the stationary bike and training. Like, yeah, whatever. And then I, we're doing motos that we're going to step on the tracks, and I'm beating him on certain tracks and this and that. And then to get to where he is and, like, new kind of – showcase it like i'm loving what i see I, I, it's surprising me that i'm i'm even more of a fan now i just want to keep seeing it going so quinn if you listen to this you know if you're your girlfriend there if you guys are having sex on tuesday keep that the same thing if you're having cheerios in the morning wednesday if you're having steak on wednesday night if you're having corn on thursdays or pasta on mondays keep the same thing going do not change it it's working the podium is just out of your reach you're my surprise kick um as far as a disappointment, uh, I gotta go. I gotta go with. I gotta rant here a little bit. I guess the fucking TV show. Like I don't know what's going on. There's passes. I'm watching them. Okay, now coming from me, I know TV. I know production. I've been doing it for twenty some odd years, so my my input is a little bit deeper. I'm an I'm an absolute idiot, more passionate fan than most out there. So I'm a little harder on it than some. It was way better this weekend. The track looked amazing. I thought it was a great scenery and on visuals and all that kind of stuff but fuck me when there's a pass happening the production the producer has to say follow the pass not go 25 yards in front of it and they're like they missed so many things we didn't get the canela passing racine on the last lap missing things like that it drove me crazy and then the and then the the first the first two laps of the motos i'm gonna bust my announcer buddies they're talking about things like I'm like, guys, it's the first two laps. It's the most exciting part of the race. Talk about what's happening right here. This guy's scrubbing and passing and crisscrossing and all kinds of shit, and they're wondering if Cole Thompson is going to race at fucking Walton 1. I'm like, who gives a shit about Cole Thompson at this time? Wait till Dylan's 45 seconds ahead and then go, hey, we're hearing Cole Thompson's coming in. Do you think he can make a a, a, a stab in the series? Can he do this? Again, Cole Thompson, very respected racer, very good all that shit, but give me a fucking break at that time in the show. I was infuriated about it. And if they're not failing, it doesn't suck. I'm not saying you're all losers and you should give up and never fucking do it again. Just be better. I know we can be better. We have a, an advantageous chance right now to be one of the best shows out there that you can watch around the fucking world. And we're coming up a little short and it irritates me. That's my disappointment. Okay, new same two questions to you. Um, <clears throat> biggest surprise for me, um, I'll go with the Harrison grind that he has in him. Um, I always hate to go for a, a winner. I always like to pick an underdog, but I'm just, uh, 
super impressed with what we're seeing out of him. He doesn't, uh, he's not the most flashy guy out there, but getting it done. Um, and like I said, for me, I just didn't think that we were going to see that. I thought he would be more in the, the Amiot, uh, Racine battle type of thing, but, uh, super impressed with Mitchell Harrison. Uh, biggest disappointment, um, in the 250 class. Um, I'll do two parts of this. I'll go biggest, there's no surprise for me in the 450, but, uh, biggest disappointment in 250, uh, Canela, I'm sorry, dude, but like you are on a top of the line bike, top of the line team, training, riding, you're, you need to be better than that, even closer than that. Like we haven't seen him even battle anything close, you know, he worked his way into third, but, He's better than that. He needs to get shit together for for East Coast. Um, my biggest disappointment in the in the 450 class was 22 guys starting the last moto. Um, yeah, 10 dudes that didn't line up for yeah. the second moto, and I get it, man. I get it. If we look at the results, we look at a D, the DNFs. Um, you know, I don't even know who some of these dudes are, but they're working during the week. They're not training. They're not putting in the time. Um, which is totally understandable, but, uh, it literally looked like an MXGP from Malaysia or Indonesia, uh, in the second moto. There's 22 guys on the gate. It was, uh, it was a small, small class. Okay. Well, I think that about covers everything. So this has been the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered podcast. Uh, thanks for coming to chat with me, boys. Thank you. Touche, boys. Cheers. Yeah. See ya.